Hello you lovely lot, welcome to episode 6 of this 5th series of The Independent Spouse. Today is a great episode if you're a parent or a parent-to-be. I've been chatting to Dr Jill, maternity doctor and founder of The Birth Cafe. But just before the interview I need to tell you about the amazing work from the Royal British Legion who sponsor this series. The RBL know that families are the most important support structure within the serving community. But time spent apart during exercises and operations has its challenges and can strain any relationship. As the UK's largest armed forces charity, the RBL works with its partners to support us when we need a bit of support ourselves. They are here for us 365 days a year, even if it's just for a phone call to talk to a friendly voice. Head over to rbl.org.uk for more info. Today I've been talking to Dr Jill, who has a wealth of experience as a maternity doctor, and as a military partner, she knows firsthand the sorts of challenges we face as parents in the armed force community. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Dr Jill. So hello Dr Jill, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, nice to meet you as well. I've not met you before. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to meet you. So you're going to do a much better job than me at this. Could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? I'm Jill, or Dr Jill if you like. I have been a doctor for quite a long time and recently started retraining as a GP when I had my own two children. So I used to be a women's health doctor, that's obstetrics and gynaecology. And I set up the Birth Cafe online antenatal courses quite recently because I thought it was quite good, kind of flexible for busy couples, couples who do night shifts, that sort of thing. And also something that I could do from home as well, because with two children and a day job, you have to kind of think out the box a bit if you want to start up a more of a passionate business, if you like. And I love it. It's amazing. I've been doing some research and looking at your website and you say how it is really important to empower couples and give them loads of information. But is there a reason why you decided that that was really important that made you start your business? I knew a lot about pregnancy and birth before I had my children because of my profession, but my husband didn't know anything at all. So we thought, right, let's go to some antenatal classes because I don't really want to be the person that teaches him. We'll go together. And he's in the Air Force, hence my Millsboe connection. And he actually made it to three of the classes. So that was one reason why I set them up, just to make them a bit more flexible. But also when I had my baby, he wasn't really fully prepared from the three classes he managed to attend and several books that he also read as well. When my first daughter was born, sort of the pushing stage took a long time, as is quite normal in first time mums. And she was very, very tired at the end. So when she was born, she was quite blue. She was quite floppy, wasn't really breathing. And to me, who's been in that situation delivering other people's babies that come out looking like that, I thought, it's okay, she'll just need a bit of bit of air, a bit of oxygen, you know, a bit of rubbing up. But to him, the thought that crossed his mind was that he was going to have to tell me that she wasn't alive and that we weren't going to have a baby. That was the first thing that crossed his mind when he saw her. And that really stuck with him for months afterwards. So I thought, you know, if he'd just known that that was okay, that's normal, you know, the most likely thing is she'll be absolutely fine. He would never have had that response and that sort of 
quite traumatic experience really so I thought I can totally do something about this you know like I've got the knowledge I've got the experience I really want to make sure no one else goes through that again because completely unnecessary to go through and that's when I thought about I'll just do my own sort of online antenatal classes and I thought the birth cafe sounds quite friendly (laughs) and that's where it was born excuse the pun (laughs) I love it because yeah, you're right. I think maybe a little bit of information would really have helped that because I'm also married to somebody in the Air Force who, you know, he reads a lot of books, he does a lot of stuff. But we've got to the point where childbirth is like an exam. It's like we're studying for an exam and it's like months and months of reading books and looking at all this information. And it's crazy. And I mean, none of us still have a clue what's going on. Why does childbirth seem so complicated? There's lots of ways to answer that question. I think childbirth over the last several decades has become a bit of an industry so everyone has something to say about it and to be fair lots of people have gone through childbirth they do have their own experiences to share and I think because of the world that we live in a lot of people then monetize on that as well and that's created the birth industry as we know it and it's a multi-billion dollar industry so there are always people wanting to either share their story out of kindness or you know just being friendly and there's also people who want to share the experience for financial gain which is fair enough you know it's the industry I'm part of it lots of people are who mean well it can be very confusing and there's also a lot of ideology that supports that sort of industry and there's always somebody wanting to tell you something about it that they know and yes it does become very difficult to navigate but as part of my classes I always sort of teach that birth is just the tip of the mountain you've got a climb up the mountain you know you've got the pregnancy the reading the preparation you know getting all your stuff for the room and all the equipment that you think you need and everything and then you've got the birth which is literally just the tip of the mountain the bit where you spend the least time and it's over in a flash compared to the the long slog down the mountain and I think it's the trip down the mountain if you've ever been hill walking or mountaineering you'll know that often actually getting down the mountain is harder than getting up it so that's the sort of analogy that I always give to people birth really isn't the main part of actually becoming a parent because they're with you for the next 18 30 40 years (laughs) depending on the circumstance I know loads of mums. I think it's a military community. I live in America and there's loads of small families here, but there's a lot of mums who have hidden their birth stories from me. Sometimes I get a little bit drunk and they'll say something and then they'll suck it back in because they're really worried it's going to frighten me. And yet actually, I think maybe is that part of the problem? Maybe we as a group of women need to start sharing these stories, good or bad, because when your experience of birth is one born every minute or films, you kind of have a slightly odd way of viewing birth. And actually, I think it would be good to share them. Do you think that mums have a responsibility to talk more openly about their birth and being a parent? I think it's a good idea in some respects, but I can completely understand the hesitancy of some mums repeating their birth stories to other people who haven't yet been through it. There's good reason for that. One when you're giving birth when you're in labor your brain waves are very different from what they're like normally and the hormones and things that are rushing around your body at that time do affect your memory so a woman's recollection of their birth story might actually be quite different from the reality 
And to try and sort of pick that apart as a first time mum who's never been through it before could end up being quite difficult actually. And also sometimes different personalities exist, obviously, you know, with woman to woman. Some people embellish a lot of things and like to be quite dramatic about certain things. Some people completely the opposite way. So although I think it's a lovely idea, you know, being friendly and sharing birth stories and things, I think it's always really important to make sure that they're in context and make sure that there is someone available or someone around who can maybe put them into context, quantify things a bit, ask maybe a few more questions about things that people come out with, because some things can be quite scary. And I think it depends on the person who's listening to the story as well. Some women find lots of information really empowering and they're the sort of personalities that I encourage to come on a course like mine but some women find a lot of information just completely overwhelming and actually a lot of women prefer to not know because they deal with things as and when they come and that's how they've dealt with things throughout all of their life you know it really is sort of personality dependent I would say so it's great that women do share birth stories and I think it's it's important for women to share birth stories if they feel maybe slightly embarrassed about them or puzzled about them you know and I think that all experiences should have the opportunity to be shared I can understand why women are hesitant sometimes to recall them to others who've not been through it before definitely good that makes sense and maybe not just women maybe the boys could get on it as well because I know that my husband not a clue because that's not his thing and he's not been in this environment and maybe opening up a little bit or maybe just people knowing that they're there if you want to talk to them Hmm, absolutely yeah. yeah just to add another point actually on on the course that I offer I do go through specific birth stories real birth stories we listen to them as an audio and it's quite powerful because some of them they do build up they do sound really quite dramatic but then when we talk about them objectively afterwards it really does dispel people's anxieties particularly around induction emergency cesarean that sort of thing we do hear from you know real women who've been through all those things I would be very cautious in just letting people listen to them without any debrief afterwards really yeah that makes sense but then I guess on the other hand you would turn to social media that would be your obvious place to go I do it I follow lots of people now there's so much online about birth and parenting sometimes it's really fashionable to be like the worst parent in the world and sometimes people hate their children it's a disaster and then the next post there'll be an influencer who's like living the best life with her tiny baby and her beautiful house and it's all very and we know that social media isn't real life but it is really confusing and it's hard to find balance it's overwhelming but you pick up on this in your classes and you discuss that don't you we do yes in the very first class in fact because I think it's it's an absolute minefield isn't it social media and particularly with the more graphic forms of social media Instagram for example where it is just a picture you flash through pictures and anything looks enhanced or more dramatic on a screen than it ever does in real life because it's just your eyes and you can never unsee an image either once you've seen it it's in there it's in the back of your mind whether you try and park it somewhere else or not but it's often not enough you know if you're just writing small captions about things a lot of explanation and context is removed from that I think and also with images I think we have sort of 
we aspire to be as a certain image, you know, and you think, oh, I want that picture of me holding my baby in a certain way and of that expression on my face and on their face. And there are lots of stock images like that that circulate on birth related accounts because I follow lots of birth related accounts, whereas the average mum to be may follow two, three, four, maybe, but you know, that would be a maximum. And they are rotated stock images that float around different accounts. And everybody wants the ultimate shot, don't they? And, and I think it puts a lot of internal pressure on women to achieve a certain thing and not to be in the moment, be present. You know, labour and birth is one of the very few times in your entire life now where you will be able to be completely present, you know, completely just at one with your own body, with your baby, with your partner, and nothing else matters. And if you've got those sort of images, you know, circulating at the back of your mind, and then you want that image when, as soon as the baby's born, and that's what you're then thinking about rather than staying present, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of extra pressure, I think, that women end up putting on themselves inadvertently, I would say. And probably quite disappointing that it doesn't happen. And it's something that should be, like you said, present and wonderful mm. and emotional and all, gosh, all the things. But yeah, it's probably a little bit disappointing if you have this perfect idea of how your birth is and how it's going to look. And then the reality is a little bit different. Yes, exactly. And, and we touch on that a lot, actually, about I don't talk about normal birth or assisted birth or anything. like that. I just talk about the different kinds of births that women can have. They're just different ways of coming out, you know, being born. That's all it is, really. And, you know, I just create kind of empowerment, really, about any sort of birth that a woman might have, because they're all unique. They're all so special, you know, and so marvellous. I've been at all sorts of different births. And honestly, they really are all amazing, even as someone who doesn't know the person or you know, the couple, the baby just thinking about it now I've not actually seen someone give birth for about four years now but just thinking about it just makes me smile like it's just it's such a wonderful moment and I just wish that I hope that people still really get that and they're not thinking about the perfect birth you know the the sort of perfect ideal that they may have seen or heard or or whatever. And is that your favourite part of your job like the baby bit is that the best bit? Yeah, when I was working in obstetrics, absolutely. It was being present at a birth. There's just nothing more special, really. And most of the births that I was present at were assisted births. I said I don't use that phrase, but (laughs) for the sake of clarity. So they were assisted somewhere or another, either, you know, with um, forceps or a vacuum, which is the obtuse, or a cesarean. And they were the births that I was mostly present for. And Honestly, they are all absolutely amazing to be at. So, yeah, I really miss it as well. So that's another reason why I started doing the birth cafe, because I do follow my ladies on afterwards as well and keep in touch a little bit. So it's all, yeah, <laughs> I managed to keep my hand in babies. <laughs> and is there anything in particular, there's any sort of, anything that nobody really knows about that is worth sharing now, that is sort of hidden away, any little specialisms or something about birth or having a small child that you think is really important that people know I think what I've just been saying is that it's the most mindful present time of your entire life and to just really embrace that and just take whatever happens you know as it comes the thing that most people feel that they didn't know enough about before they had a baby was the immediate and the several weeks following having the baby for example 
you know people have this idea that you sort of you come into hospital you have your baby you go home four hours later the vast majority of new mums actually stay in hospital at least overnight if not two nights the average stay is about two nights in hospital for various different reasons it might be a feeding thing it might be the baby has to go to the special care unit for some help with breathing can be very routine just precautionary there may be you know issues with jaundice afterwards as well lots of babies come back in for for jaundice checks you might have to come back in because there was nobody available to do a baby check before you left but there's lots of reasons why women and babies go back into hospital that most women are really not aware of that you know and how normal it is actually how average it is to go back into hospital for various different reasons and I think like I was saying about birth is all you're thinking about when you're pregnant for the first time you're just thinking about the birth and how to get through it but really the trek down the mountain afterwards is the bit that people really wish they'd known more about so feeding the baby breastfeeding in particular because it's an art and a science all combined it's not just something that suddenly happens for most women and babies and sleep as well and people have lots of different opinions about baby sleep and how to achieve it and whether you need to achieve it whether it's something you don't really want to force on your baby there's all sorts of different opinions and again it's a whole other industry sleep and feeding a baby there the whole other other industry so I would say it's probably the afterwards bit how normal and how expected it is to probably go back into hospital and the emotional side of becoming a mum is very unanticipated I think for most women particularly women that I see on my course are usually quite busy quite professional you know very much into their jobs have their own identity and become a mum and think wow this was not what I was expecting myself to be like and it's a whole huge mix of emotions and you go through a whole roller coaster of everything really and it's usually something that people have never experienced before and there's a lot of people in the military community especially if you live on patch that have new babies and we all want to support them are there any things that you would suggest if you have a maybe a neighbor or you know somebody who is in that new baby stage and maybe needs a little bit of looking after yeah so I think it's really important for mum to primarily look after the baby and for everyone else to look after mum. So that can be really difficult when you've got obviously dad involved because dad kind of wants to help with the baby as much as possible. But if mum's breastfeeding, it's actually very difficult for dad to sort of get a look in. So I always kind of try and keep it simple. Mum looks after baby and everyone else looks after mum. And if mum needs a break from baby, then someone else can look after baby while mum's having a break. That's kind of like (laughs) how I sort of break it down really because mum and baby need to spend as much time together as possible within those first few weeks. It's so, so important for bonding, establishing feeding if they're breastfeeding and for baby to become settled and easy to settle because they know who their mum is, that the primary one person is going to give them lots of love. So for friends sort of wanting to help, I think it's really important for friends to gauge what sort of mum and friend they have who's just become the new mum so some women will want to be encouraged to do what they think is right and just supported in that some mums will want people to give them advice 
and to help them, you know, because they don't know what to do and they feel like their own decisions aren't quite right. So they want sort of encouragement to make a decision, but with help, whereas someone's kind of the opposite to that. And I think it's really important as a friend to recognise what sort of new mum your friend has become breastfeeding for example I talk about breastfeeding a lot because it's really hard <laughs> for a lot of women so women and babies just taste it like ducks of water but they're in the minority so with feeding you know some women will get to maybe four or six weeks and just be having a rant about the amount of feeding that they're doing this can't be right they must be hungry I'm having no sleep I've literally had no more than one hour sleep in six weeks I'm absolutely exhausted I feel sick and they're crying and all the rest of it and then someone suggests why don't you just give them a bottle and the look of shock horror on that mum's face you know why would anyone suggest that I've put myself through six weeks of exclusive breastfeeding and now you're saying just give a bottle some women just need more encouragement carry on you can do this the next couple of weeks and be really hard but you've got this you can absolutely do it you're doing a great job you know give them a, a hug a cup of tea we'll get through it together other women say thank you for someone else suggesting that I just give this baby a bottle and it's just really difficult knowing how to judge what sort of friend you might have but that's the art of being friends isn't it another little motto I kind of like to apply to friends friendships relatives and new mums is just you do you you know whatever works for you I'll support you in that that's always quite a good route in I would say and of all the times after you've squeezed out a baby you should be allowed anything goes I reckon so yes all about the mums quite right too and you're right just making somebody a cup of tea sometimes solves a lot of problems so we are kind of working towards the end of the podcast but if you put yourself back into the shoes of a new mum what are your best tips for somebody who's just found out they're pregnant or that they're going to be a parent I would say enjoy the time that you have without a baby as much as you can, because at the moment, all your time is your own. You have no idea how precious your time is and whether that you enjoy watching TV, whether you enjoy doing some light exercise, whether you enjoy baking or just doing something simple like sitting down, reading a magazine, having a cup of tea or having a really long shower, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. And make sure you've got everything done before the baby comes along. Anything you want to do, whether it's decorating the room, equipment that you think you might need, you know, whether it's just catching up with an old friend, you will not have time to do these things once your baby's been born. So really enjoy that time on your own. And it's very easy for me to say, because I've got lots of experience of birth and I've had two children of my own now, but Try not to focus on the birth itself. It really is a snapshot in time. And yes, it can be difficult. It can have a lasting impression. It can have a lasting negative impression in some you know, women, unfortunately. But for the vast majority of women, it will be a positive experience one way or another. It's a very small snapshot in time. It's over and done with within a few hours to you know a few days. And it's the after bit, it's the recovery and it's the raising your child bringing a life into the world really then becomes your focus and all of your time becomes their time on their schedule you're not on your own schedule anymore but it's wonderful absolutely wonderful and I wouldn't change a thing <laughs> but still it's been so lovely to talk to you if we're interested in finding out about the birth cafe where can we find you 
I have a website, www.thebirthcafe.co.uk. And my Instagram is just at thebirthcafe, all one word. I'm a bit slow on the Instagram at the moment because I'm also studying for an exam to complete my GP training, but I will get it back up and running, I promise. Just not quite right now. <laughs> slow and steady, it's all good. Thank you for letting me quiz you about all these baby things. It's been brilliant. Before we finish, is there anything that you would like to add? No, just thank you for inviting me. And I hope that anyone who's listening to the podcast just finds it quite useful, finds it quite reassuring about having a baby and becoming a new parent. And I really hope that anyone who is currently pregnant listening to this the first time uh, expecting their first baby that you just stay relaxed, you know, stay in control and enjoy the birth as much as you can and becoming a new parent. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, another huge thank you again to Jill for sharing all of that amazing knowledge with us. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast so that you get to hear every episode first. So I shall be back next week with another inspiring episode and I will see you then.